Welcome back, hockey fans. Yes, we are back with another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett. Along with me is Bill Jr., Trasher, and Del Scanlon. And, uh, guys, it's getting down to uh, crunch time in the playoffs now. And we're going to preview, take a look at all the sectionals that uh, we have. And we got sectional play coming up on Thursday. I mean, correction, Tuesday. And then Friday and Saturday, we're going to find out who's uh, punching their ticket to Madison. Let's start out with section number one. We got Hudson taking on Baldwin Woodville in one semifinal, and New Richmond and Superior in the other. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with Trasher because he knows everything about everybody. And uh, Michael, what do you see with this? Well. As in many of the sectionals, and I, I didn't look at all of them, but it seemed like the majority of them, one, two, three, and four all advanced to the semifinal games, and this is no exception. Number one, Hudson, who was ranked number one in the state, 23-1-1, one, and one, will take on Baldwin-Woodville. That's going to be a tough matchup for BW. Um, Hudson, uh, they definitely want to get back to state and defend their crown. So uh, that's going to be a tough matchup for, for BW. On the other side of the bracket, the bottom half, number three, New Richmond, and number two, Superior, up at Westman tomorrow night. You know, Superior's pretty tough at home historically. They're pretty tough uh, historically around this time of year. But New Richmond, they're no slouch either. They have some really nice players. And uh, I think that'll be a, a pretty good battle there. Guys, uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, I mean, you can never really pick a team to win when there's two closely matched ones like that. So I'm not even going to try. I'll leave that to somebody else. Last time they played, um, Superior and New Richmond skated to a 4-4 tie. Superior got the first two, New Richmond got the next four, and then Superior got two. Uh, New Richmond outshot them like 50-28 to in that game. Um, it was a very lopsided shooting total. Some of that might have had to do with the 16 minutes Superior spent in the penalty box. But uh, it was very lopsided in the shooting total. And if it's that way again, um, Superior better not be holding their breath to go to that sectional semifinal game because you can't, you can't let a team get that many shots on you and expect to move on. So um, I hope for their sake they manage to keep New Richmond's shot total down so they can make a game out of it. You guys, uh, what do you think about these two games? Which team, which, uh, which game do you think the, uh, team, one of these teams shouldn't be looking past the game? Do you think their opponent in the sem- sectional semis, you know what I'm saying, is Hudson's the obvious favorite against Baldwin Woodville. Are they, are they safe to be, be looking past them? Or well, is it never- the other way around? You're never safe to look past somebody. Um, you've still got to go out there and play, but it would be a shocking upset to me if Baldwin-Woodville were able to pull out a win in that game. Um, Hudson has been virtually untouchable this season. It would be just shocking for them uh, to lose now. That's not to say they can't, but um, I don't know that Baldwin-Woodville is the team to do it. Guys, Brooks Lockwood is not going to let 
any of his players look past this game. And then all they have to do is look to their bench, and they have two former NHL players as assistant coaches, Dean Talifus, a long-year player, or a long-time player back in the uh, 70s and 80s, and Davis Drewiski. Uh, there's no way they're going to look past uh, BW this game. They're going to play their hearts out. They want to win this game. They want to go to state. They know what they need to do. You look at the other side of the bracket, you see the Hudson and New Richmond. You know both these teams want a shot. Correction, Superior New Richmond. You see both these teams really want another shot at Hudson. And uh, I think I agree with what your uh, earlier assessment, Junior, that um, you can't be allowing 50 shots in a game unless your goalie is just lights out and expect to win. But, you know, this is this is one, though, Superior has home ice, but, you know, New Richmond can play with Superior. It's This is a good matchup. It's just the way I see it. It's, this is going to be a good game. Well, one, one thing that New Richmond has that's going to be a little bit of a problem for them, the last time I talked to Adam Swanda, he said that um, they were missing their one of their top defensemen, Chris Lubo, and uh, I don't know if he's back. And if he's not, that could be an issue for them. Uh, so, I mean, you lose your, your best blue liner, that's uh, that's pretty tough for you to make up. So we'll see if uh, he can somehow play. That will be very helpful for the Tigers. If not, then that's one more hurdle that they have to overcome. Okay. Uh, Delmar, are you back with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Any any thoughts on this sectional? Not really. I mean, it's going to be one of those ones that's going to be interesting to see. And you, as you said, Hudson seems to be the team to be, beat in it, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Boy, those, that 2-3 game between Superior and New Richmond should be a pretty good one. Let's move on to Section 2. Eau Claire Memorial is uh, taking on Marshfield, and Chippewa Falls is taking on Eau Claire North. And I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, open this one up to Trasher again, since he's the know-all about everything. And, Michael, how are you seeing this one? Well, this is going to be similar to Section 1 um, in as far as one of the semifinal games is going to be a little bit more lopsided. Um, number 1, Eau Claire Memorial taking on number 5, Marshfield. Marshfield is going to have to play a perfect game and get a few breaks to win this. Um, Eau Claire Memorial, you know, a lot like Hudson, um, they're... Very talented, very deep. They've been strong all year. Uh, they're not going to look past anybody now. The, when they stop looking will be after, you know, their last game at state. Then they'll stop looking past anybody. On the other half of the bracket, number three, Chip Falls and Eau Claire North, number two. That should be a pretty good battle as well. Um, Eau Claire North has been the better of the two teams this year, but don't count out Chip Falls. They have some talented players and coach Scott Parker can get them playing very well 
at the end of the year and perhaps pull uh, what might be regarded as an upset. So that uh, Chip Falls or Claire North game, that's going to be a dandy, I believe. Uh, Mike, you know, I don't. What are your thoughts on that? You know a little bit about Eau Claire North. You've seen them play, I think, or Dell has seen them play. Um, they have some pretty good players on that team. That that should be a good game. I've gotten to see Eau Claire North play twice this year. I, I watched them play against Don Alaska, and then the second game I watched them play was against Hudson. And they've got some talented players. And this is one of the two brackets where I believe – we has seen where it didn't go one through four. We have number five Marshfield that advanced to the semifinals, and I believe one other bracket we have a six seed that advanced. But otherwise, the bracket seemed to have held pretty steady this year. And so, while the Eau Claire North and Chippewa Falls game, you know, as uh, Trash are saying, should be a close game, and you know, I one wonder if it's going to be a 1-2 game, you know, when you get to the sectional finals, you know, being a, an all-clear thing here. But, you know, I think with Chippewa Falls, we're just not going to be able to overlook them and see how it plays out. The last year I said that both Chippewa Falls and Eau Claire North had a chance to win this section. Um, this year, of all eight sections in the state, um, I think Section 2 would take the largest act of God for somebody other than the top seed to win. I don't see it. Um, Eau Claire Memorial thoroughly spanked Eau Claire North twice already this year, um, and they handled Chippewa Falls pretty well, too. 5-1 uh, to one and 5-3. to three. The two games against Eau Claire North were 6-1 to one and 7-2. to two. Um, I just don't see... I don't see a path forward for either of those teams uh, after that sectional semifinal and when they get to the, to the to the final against Memorial. It's it I I don't think that they have what it takes to to climb that hill this year unless something just weird happens. You know, I think the two three game Chippewa Falls and uh, Eau Claire North. That's I agree. That's going to be a close game. But, you know, I, I agree with you, Junior, that um, basically at this point during the season, Chippewa, uh, Eau Claire Memorial has owned both Chippewa Falls and Eau Claire North. So, but they got to get past Marshfield. I, I predict that that will happen. But, uh, you know, once again, it's hard to te- beat a team three times in a season, but if anybody's going to do it, I really think it's going to be Eau Claire Memorial. But uh, then again, I've been wrong before. No, it isn't. It's not hard to beat a team three times in a season. The team that wins the first two games wins the third game 80% of the time. You crunched the numbers on that one? I did that a couple years ago. It's not hard. The team that wins the first two is extremely likely to win the third one. MJ must be thinking about that 20%. I'm... I'm a glass twenty percent full guy kind of guy, I guess. You are. All right. I've always known you to to look on the to the brighter side. It's I've I've always looked look for the underdog. I I know. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's move on. Let's let's get into some of the girls. Uh, section one. Um, their sectional semifinal has the Hudson girls taking on Hayward. 
And the other one has the St. Croix Valley Fusion taking on the ECA Stars. And, um, guys, this sectional here, there's going to be two pretty good teams going home on Tuesday. And there's going to be three pretty good teams after uh, the Saturday final that aren't going to be going to state in this sectional. Yeah, if you look at the top ten votes, um, half the voters uh, who vote on the girls' top ten believe that the three best teams in the state are in this section, in the Hudson, uh, Eau Claire area, and St. Croix Valley. Uh, they're one, two, and three on half the ballots that get cast in the top ten uh, every week for the last several weeks. Um, so this is uh, this sectional semifinal and final is probably going to be as good as the state tournament in Madison. This is going to be a very very interesting sectional. Hudson suffered one loss to a Wisconsin team this year, and that was to the ECA Stars. Hudson beat uh, Eau Claire on their home at Hudson four to three. They had a three to nothing lead at Eau Claire and ended up losing that game to the Stars four to three. The Stars lost another game to the Fusion, and that basically gave Hudson the uh, sectional. You know, even though Hudson went twenty two and two with one loss to Matamity. Uh, Minnesota, and final score of that game was four to three. So H- Hudson's goal in this is, you know, not to get stuck on three, you know, if they advance to the sectional final. They, they played Hayward once this year, won that game five to nothing back in December. And they beat St. Croix both times. This is going to be an interesting, but I look for Hudson to be able to get past Hayward who had a 500 season that was winning three of their final five games. But then you, when you look at uh, Stars being 21 and three and the Fusion being 17 and seven, that's going to be a tight game that I would actually have to lean towards the Stars winning that and it being a Hudson Stars uh, rubber match game in this sectional final. But I, I believe that the two three game is going to be a very good game, and it's going to be close. It's going to be a one goal game, and this could go all the way down to the finals being one goal deciding who makes it down to Madison. One of the things I noticed when I look here at this, and Dell, the way you uh, have just presented it, you look, you slide over after those two games on Tuesday. And then you look on Saturday, it's a 2 o'clock game, and Hudson has home ice. How good has Hudson been on home ice this year? Pretty doggone good. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, they should be favored in this. Yeah, well, the two games they've lost this year have both been on the road. So they're almost automatic at home. Or what we like to call automatic, yep. but automatic. I mean, they're undefeated at home this season. They're undefeated at home. You're but undefeated no. right up until you're not. That's right. <laughs> and and um, Saint Croix Valley and Eau Claire area have met twice this year, and they've split. Eau Claire lost four to one 
early in January, and then, uh, or actually, Eau Claire won four to one early in January. I'm looking at the wrong schedule here, and then uh, the Fusion won six to five in late January. So they've, uh, you know, been a good battle for each other. Um, we'll see. You know, uh, Hudson's got Anna Wilgren. She can pretty much take over a game at any time. And it seems to me that when they need something done, she does it. Whereas uh, if I'm, I'm flipping over to the other half of the bracket with uh, Eau Claire area, they have uh, Abigail Stowe and Ava Keeson, who are in the top five, top five or top ten for sure in scoring in the state, and pretty much can score at will. And they have Charlotte Akrovic back, their big defenseman who has been a, a huge plus for them. She missed a bunch of games early in the year. So, I mean, it's, you know, I I think probably it's going to be Eau Claire and Hudson in the final. And, you know, flip a coin because they're two very talented teams and it just, uh, I guess it matters who comes to play more so than the other team. Um, they're both going to battle their hearts out and somebody's going to want it a little bit more and that's the team that's going to win. Battle their hearts out. Yeah, that would be kind of hard, wouldn't it? Well, they they battle their hearts out, but it also comes could even come down to a bounce or a call. I mean, there's so many there's so many variables that it could come out to, but should be a good should be good though on Saturday to see how that one comes out. All right, guys, ready to move on to section three and the boys? I thought so. Wausau West and D.C. Everest, one and four. And number two, Pines playing number three, Spash. Michael, this is uh, four teams that you uh, are pretty familiar with. Yep. Um, I've seen Everest play, I think, twice. uh, West two or three times. Same with Spash. I think, actually, I've only seen Pines play once. Um, But they've... You know, on a season, West beat Everest twice, two to one and seven to four, and in the only game that Pines and Spash played, Pines beat up on Spash pretty good, nine to two, but that was before Christmas and that was at the Dome. So uh, this game is also going to be there on tomorrow night. So it'll be very interesting. Um, D.C. Everest has a couple really, really good players. J.J. Berdahl, the defenseman, is probably as good as any defenseman in the state. And goalie Michael Yankee, a top netminder. And Wausau West has got some very talented players as well. Cade Lemmer, uh, the Tuckle Brothers, um, you know, just keep going on and on. And it's like they roll three lines, they roll four lines. And when you think, you know, it's over, here they come again. So, um That'll be a pretty good match. I think West gets a little bit of an edge because they're playing at Marathon Park, negating some of the the speed that Everest shows over at Green Heck on the Olympic size sheet. Spash of Pines, I can't imagine that Spash wants nothing more than to avenge that loss in December. Uh, they got crushed nine to two. I was very shocked by that. I, not so much that Pines won, but just by the the score. So. 
that'll be a battle royale there too at the dome. Those are going to be two very good games tomorrow night, guys. Yeah, not only was it nine to two, but Spash only put sixteen shots on goal, and thirteen of them were in the first period. Uh, they put one shot on goal in the second and two in the third. Wow. That's some defense. Yeah. Stifling. How many shots in the game did Pines have against uh, Spash? Uh, I take it you've got that up there? I just closed it, but I believe it was 28. And they scored nine goals. Yeah, so they must have been uh, high percentile shots. Um, I think I don't think anybody would be surprised if one, two, or three won this section. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for DC Everest to get it. Uh, they beat Pines to open the season. Season opening game doesn't mean a whole lot in uh, the end of February. Uh, their first game against Wausau West was two to one. Uh, they lost. Their first game against Stevens Point was five to four. They lost. Uh, those were both. Uh, the Point game was at Point. The West game was uh, at home at Greenheck. Uh, the second time they played each of those teams, they ended up with three goal losses. So they slipped further back in the pack as the season went on. But if they can recapture whatever it was they did right the first time around, um, don't sleep on Everest as um, sneaking past uh, a couple teams here. And in that Pines Spash game, you are talking about two teams that are in the top three in the state in goals scored. Pines led the state with 153 goals. Spash was third with 132. So they both of them know how to put the puck in the net. Um, defensively, Pines is fifth in goals allowed with 33. Spash is a little bit further down with 51. Um, Spash has the top power play group of the of the four in this sectional just over 25 percent on the power play and of course pines has the top penalty kill group with just a little bit over 90 percent sex success rate so you got the what is it called the immovable object versus the whatever force and uh <laughs> something's got to give so be some good games in section three tomorrow night gentlemen I would agree with you, Michael. It's going to be some good ones. And, you know, to hear you guys say that uh, don't put it past Pines, uh, not Pines, uh, D.C. Everest to get out of there, you know, I think that speaks volumes of, uh, you know, how much this is, uh, how close this is actually is. Let's move on to Section 4. Section 4 has Alaska taking on Aquinas. That's one and four. And two and three have RWD playing at the meat locker against West Salem. And uh, Delmar, this is one that you're pretty familiar with. And Del, uh, how are you handicapping this one? Well, I'm looking at Onalaska Aquinas. And one of the players... Uh, for on Alaska that has actually stood out to me over the past few years has been one of the defensemen, Ryan Gargaro, who's had a very good career. He's a senior this year, uh, watched his sister play, you know, for the Hilltoppers for years. And, you know, he, he's now there his senior year. 
uh, I believe it was his uh, freshman year, maybe. Was it that three years ago that Onalaska made it down to the state tournament? I can't remember right now. But uh, I look for them to come out with this victory over Aquinas, even though Aquinas is uh, playing for a coach that's retiring at the end of the season. I think that the Hilltoppers advance in the top one. The second game down there, uh, RWD against West Salem. RWD's last loss on the season was on January 6th when they hosted West Salem and lost that game 7-4. to RWD's played a lot of games this season that went into overtime, and then they've you know lost a lot of close games. They fell to Middleton three to two, and and en route to their losses this season. But I think it's going to be a close game. But with West Salem on their home ice in the meat locker, I would actually have to lean towards them in this game. And us looking at a rematch of Onalaska West Salem in the championship game, which, if I remember correctly, Onalaska won their meeting earlier this season, and hence their number one seed in the sectional. Yeah, it was a three-two Onalaska win on December seventh, um, which is the the main reason I can figure that Onalaska is the one seed and West Salem is the two, um, because just looking down the schedule. I think West Salem has had a much tougher road schedule this year. Um, Superior, Eau Claire Memorial, Madison Edgewood, Stevens Point, um, New Richmond. Um, now, unfortunately for them, they lost all those games against top ten teams. Um, but they did make a, a good uh, show of traveling uh, for games this year. Uh, on Alaska, on the other hand, um, when it comes to top ten games, let me get back here, has played... West Salem and University School. Um, so while they didn't win those games against top 10 teams, a lot of them were close for West Salem, and they are battle-tested this year. Uh, so I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in that game back on December 7th other than you know you need those head-to-head matchups for seeding. Um, but I think, uh, despite being the two-seed, West Salem should be considered in the driver's seat in this section. On the, yeah, on the top half, you got the Battle of the Tims. Coach Tim Ebner from Onalaska and Coach Tim Franzini from the Aquinas Co-op, the Avalanche. They've coached together for a long time at Onalaska. They've been friends. They've been foes. They've been on on the same side. They've been on opposite sides. Uh, this is Franzini's last year. Um we jokingly said that he retired as many times as Brett Favre has, so we'll see what happens. I think Tim Tim's going to step down and enjoy life without the hockey and um, watch his grandkids and kids and stuff like that. So I think uh, good for him. Congratulations on retirement. But, Coach, I think uh, Onalaska's just got a little bit too much for you maybe this year. So I like on Alaska just by a nose in the, the first game or the first the upper half of the bracket. Don't be surprised if it goes to OT. Uh, Dell, you pretty much described it on the bottom half. Um, West Salem is pretty much battle tested with their schedule that they've played. I know Coach Eric Borey had mentioned that they were trying to find 
a, a tougher schedule to play to get them ready for state tournament. You know, this was a couple of years ago, and they've definitely done it. So I and playing at the Meat Locker, that's a hostile environment for a road team to come in and play. It's cold. It's close. It's loud. The ceiling is seems like it's about two feet above your head. You, everybody's crushed in. People are nearby watching. It's all really close to the to action. It's a it's a very different environment. And uh, West Salem definitely used to it. I think they they have the edge, and uh, I believe they're going to go to the sectional final on the bottom half of the bracket, gentlemen. And, and I think this is. Uh, possibly one of the last years for the meat locker. I I do believe that they have uh, are looking at building a new rink that may be opening next year. What kind of locker would What kind of locker would that be? <laughs> this would be a, a bigger locker mm. for sure. Yeah, so I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be a, a pretty impressive facility. So, I mean, you kind of get used to playing in, in your quaint surroundings, and then when it's time to leave, it's like, oh, okay, we're going. But then once you're in the new facility, you know, you welcome it and you learn to play there too. Uh, maybe the home ice advantage, not quite so much, but a very nice facility, you know, and uh Good for them. So hopefully that comes true next year, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. Okay, guys, let's uh, shift gears again. Let's go back to the girls' side, Section 2. Um, number 1C, Wisconsin Valley Valley Union taking on Lakeland. And at the other half of the bracket, on the bottom, the uh, Central Wisconsin Storm taking on the Fox City Stars. And... Uh, Dell, go ahead and open it up. What do you see? Well, first thing I see is, you know, go back to uh, trash early in the season telling us not to all get so worried. And I think he did his Aaron Rodgers imitation and said, R-E-L-A-X, you know, relax, you know, that the storm would be there come the end of the season. And lo and behold, here they are with the number two seed in the sectional. Uh, take it on the Fox City Stars. It, this could be an interesting game. They did not play this year. Fox City Stars went 13-8-3. Uh, Central Wisconsin 16-8. and But the Storm have won nine of their final ten games with the lone loss uh, was to Hudson, a 2-1 to loss to the Hudson Raiders. But, you know, so this ought to be a very good game, which I actually do see the Storm coming out on top. The other game is... Wisconsin Valley Union, which was a combination of the, uh, red, the Point Rapids Red Panthers and the Wapaka, uh, combined this year to become the Wisconsin Valley Union. They went 16-6 and 2. Uh, they did lose four of their final five games, but those losses were to Rock County by 3-2, to two, the Stars, uh, Eau Claire Stars, 4-1, to one, Central Wisconsin three to two and uh, Hudson six to nothing. So I mean they've been battle tested this year. They did win uh, their opening game of the season, I believe it was, over the Central Wisconsin star- Storm two to one, uh, and that's actually who I look at playing here in the uh, sectional final. Will be a rematch of the Union against the Storm, but you know. 
that's the way I see this one playing out so far. Lakeland won the Great Northern Conference title this year and finished with a regular season record of 500 at 12 and 12 and have advanced here, here. But I see this being the Union and the Storm in the sectional final. And I think Pete Susans is going to be making another trip to state with the team. I also uh, think Pete Susans is going to be going back to state again. Um, yes, the Union beat the Storm in that first game of the season, uh, despite the fact that the Storm outshot them 37-22. to 22. Uh, But the last five games each of those teams played says a lot to me. Uh, the Storm's last five games were a 2-1 loss to Hudson, a 3-2 win over the Union, a 5-2 win over the Warbird Beaver Dam Co-op, a 4-3 win over Eau Claire area, and then a 9 nothing win over Medford, whereas the Union... Their last five games were a 3-2 loss to Rock County, a 4-1 loss to Eau Claire area, a 3-2 loss to the Storm, a 6-0 loss to Hudson, and then a 5-2 win over the Metrolinx. Um, that's a tale of two teams finishing their seasons very differently. And when you, even though you're playing top 10 teams, when you go into the playoffs with four straight losses, that gets in your head. And when it comes time for the Storm and Union to play, I think the Storm is going to have a whole lot of confidence and Union is going to be a little questioning when they go into that game. I think, um, yeah, I I believe that the the Valley Union and uh, the Storm will play in the the championship or the sectional final game. Um, I think the Union's got too much horsepower for Lakeland, and the same with the Storm over the Stars. It seems to me that. The Storm has more depth as far as the scoring end of it. Um, for the Union, the names that you hear most are Marky Ash and Kendra Robinson. And then it drops off a little bit after that. I think what's going to have to happen for the Union to win this game is one of their second or third line players is going to have to step up and maybe score a couple points, a goal and an assist or something like that. We all know what Pistol Cowden can do in goal. She's been one of the top goaltenders on the girls' side this year. Um, and she was even leading the, the state in save percentage for a couple probably two, three weeks or whatever it was, and now she's dropped down a little bit, but she's still way up there. So she's going to, guaranteed, she's going to face 30-plus shots in this game. That's just what the Storm does. They're going to limit their shots on the other end. Chloe Westberg got her new pads here a few weeks ago and has been playing very well. I've seen her play probably, oh, heck, I've seen the Storm play like six games this year, and she has improved from the beginning of the year she has gotten a lot better a lot more confident and has done a really nice job so uh yeah i i think if if uh if it's just robinson and ash on the union end they're going to lose but if somebody else can step up they might be able to sneak out a victory in the the sectional final game if it gets to there and, and it should so that's kind of the way i see it Okay, let's uh, go back to the boys' side, Section 5. I'll go ahead and leave this one to you guys for a little bit here. Um, Nina and Fox City, Nina the number one seed, taking on the number four, Fox City, and number two, Notre Dame Academy against Anago and Trasher. These are a couple teams that you've been able to see. 
I haven't only seen Notre Dame Academy once this year out of all these teams. And uh, go ahead and open up discussion with uh, what what you handicap this one is. Sure. And if you guys, um, you can go to the the boys semifinals preview for sectional five, and I have that filled in already. So if you want to follow along, or you can get some stuff from there. But it's number four, Fox Cities at number one, Nina Hortonville Menasha at the Tri County Ice Arena, and number three, Anago at number two, Notre Dame at the Cornerstone Rink three. Um. <sighs> Nina Hortonville, Menasha, let's call them the Rockets, split their regular season uh, matchups with the Stars. The Rockets shut out the Stars 4 to nothing in mid-January, but then in the Badgerland tournament, the Stars won that 5-2. to two. And the same thing with Anago and Notre Dame. They played twice, and each team won a game. The Red Robins lost to Notre Dame 6-1 to one in early January, and then just 11 days later, they beat the Tritons 4-2. to two. So... Each team is capable of winning. We don't have to worry about the um, third team or the winning the third game here because nobody's uh, nobody has um, won the first two games, guys. So uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, we've seen Antigo play very well, um, and I think they're they're playing a little bit better. They're they're only around 500 on the year. Um, 11, 12, and 2, I believe, and but in their last 10, they're 6, 3, and 1. So they've, they've been playing a little bit better toward the end of the year. Um, Notre Dame has been pretty good. They're 16, 7, and 2, 6, and 4 in their last 10. They have some very good players, uh, Bryce Poshak, Daniel Latch, Jacob Conrad, and... So, I mean, that game really is a flip of the coin. Fox Cities and against the NHM, I think uh, the Rockets have maybe a little bit too much for Fox Cities. Um, but, like, what do I know? You they say have... that, but two weeks ago in the Badgerland Conference Tournament, uh, despite being outshot 58-11, to the Fox Cities did beat Nina Hortonville-Manasha 5-2. to that's true. And the difference in that game, goalie Max Gutyar, um, and on the year, he has a 931 save percentage. He only has one shutout, but uh, 931, pretty solid. He's, I think, in the top five in the state for netminders. So that could be your difference right there. Um, the Rockets have Alec Elkin, uh, Dylan Fox, who was the younger brother of... And now I forgot her name, Allie Fox, who used to play for the Fox City girls team. And he's proven to be a very good player. He has 32 points this year. He can put the puck in the net. And Preston Long in net with a 925 save percentage, equally solid. So, you know, but it's sectional semifinal time, sectional final time. We expect these to be close games, and I think these are. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Guys, I haven't got to see any of these teams play this year. Uh, but looking at that, the second game down there, you know, number two Notre Dame against number three Anagol. And if I'm Anagol, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know, the Tritons sat there and they had to use a double overtime to get past the number seven seed Bayport, three to two. Uh, and if I'm the 
you know, coaching and go, I'm saying, okay, they had a tough game to get in here and this should be helping my team's confidence. And I'm doing everything to boost my team's confidence at, at this point that they have a good chance of getting past them, uh, because of the tough game they, they were going. How do you guys see that? That's a good point. Um, I don't know how much these guys do on um, film of opponents. Uh, you guys could probably answer that better than I do. I don't know if there's, at this point, there's probably opposing coaches or opposing, you know, assistants going to other games or somebody going to other games and watching the, the team, and maybe they're thinking that. That could very well be. Well, and Anago is in the same position that West Salem is in, in that when Matt Borneman came in to take over as coach, he wanted them to play a tougher schedule uh, when they're playing out of conference. And this year, they've got Stevens Point, New Richmond, Nina, Superior. They have Pines in conference. Uh, Notre Dame twice, Verona, Eau Claire Memorial. Um, so they, they, they're a battle-tested team. They've, obviously, they've split their two games with Notre Dame this year. Uh, that second one, I don't know. Notre Dame might have remembered that six to one victory just eleven days earlier and um, coasted a little. I don't know. Uh, they did outshoot the Robins by quite a bit in that game, but uh, Broden Bennell has put together some fine, fine games in his career. And we've seen uh, it'll be the same thing if Fox Cities gets through. Uh, we've seen goalies take their teams to state at this time of year, and Bennell um, has put up some great games for Max Goodjar put up some good games for Fox Cities, so it's not it's not beyond the pale for one through four in this one to win. Um, if it comes down to a shootout, I think Nina has a definite advantage over the other four teams in here. Um, if they're just trading offense, like sometimes happens in the playoffs, but if goalies are going to steal it, it's going to be the three and four seeds, Anago and Fox Cities, that do it that way. Okay, guys, let's uh, go ahead and move on to uh, Section 6. Oh, wait, and one more thing. Uh, yeah. Tra- Trasher, you noted that uh, Max Gutjar's only got one uh, shutout on the season, and it's hard to put on shutouts when you're averaging 36 shots against per game. Um, he's played 20 games for them this year, and he, yeah, he's averaging 36.5 shots against. Uh, it's hard to put up shutouts when you've got to do that many saves. Good point. Thank you. Section 6 has Verona taking on Madison West and Sun Prairie taking on Madison Edgewood. It's a 1-4-3-2 matchup. And I wrote the preview on this one tonight. And uh, Verona is taking on Madison West. They play twice during the year. They are uh, big eight teams, and uh, Verona beat them. Six to four and seven to four. Now Verona has had players in and out of the lineup all year with injuries, and Verona is starting to get guys back healthy. And Madison West really relies a lot on Drake Baldwin. I mean, sixty-nine points on the season. I mean, that's that's a lot, and it falls off from there like about thirty. 30 points or so, it falls off from what Baldwin has. And Verona is just, it's balance. I mean, it's, it's so much. It comes from so many different players. 
And uh, I'm going to pick Verona in this game unless Adam Buencamino can steal one. And there's your, you know, three and four. Verona has so much offense. And on defense, they've got Jake, Ose- Jake Osiki, who's been one of the best defensemen in the state this year. Madison West, to win this one, is going to have to get a couple of things. And Adam Buencamino is going to have to play awfully well for them to win. Madison West, in the first game against Verona, was beating them 3 nothing, and ended up losing 6-4. Second game had Madison West trailing 3-2 going into the third period. And from there, Verona outscored them 4-2 in the third and won 7-4. So West has been there with them a couple times. But Verona, when they need that offense, they've got it. And uh, we'll see. Garrett Keggy will be in net, I'm sure, for uh, Verona. And uh, he's held... Madison West to four goals twice this season, so we'll see how that turns out. And Sun Prairie and Edgewood, Sun Prairie has played only one uh, Badger Conference team, and that was Wanakee. Madison Edgewood plays a very tough non-conference schedule. Their conference that they do play in, conference play, not the toughest. No big secret there. But they go outside of their conference and play some tough tough opponents. Um, in this game, liking it, I like the goaltending for Madison Edgewood over what Sun Prairie has. And I think this is going to be another one of those close games, guys. I think this may be like a 5-4 to four game. And uh, I'm thinking Edgewood may end up having to play Verona for the right to go to state. And uh, that's how I'm looking at this one. I don't know, looking at uh, Edgewood's uh, schedule here this season, I think uh, Sun Prairie would have a real hard time putting four goals in on Edgewood. Um, other than that one blip against University School where they got blown out 9 nothing in a game nobody saw coming and nobody seems to be able to explain, um, they beat Wasa West just a couple of days ago, um, and they haven't allowed uh, more than three goals since uh, December 27th, um, which was also Wausau West. Um, so other than that one weird game against University School where they got smashed, they haven't allowed more than three goals yet in 2018. Um, so I don't know if I don't know if Sun Prairie is going to be able to put four up on them, but if they win, it'll probably be like a two-to-one game where they kind of steal it. Uh, if anybody's going to beat Ver- Verona, I think it's going to have to be Edgewood. Uh, as you've already said, Verona beat Madison West twice already. Uh, one of them coming back from a 3 nothing deficit. Um, Sun Prairie, uh, I don't think they had very good success against Verona either. Uh, so if anybody's going to do it, it's going to have to be Edgewood. And I think they've got a good shot as long as the the Edgewood team that showed up for their other 23 games is the one that shows up and not the one that showed up for that game against University School. Because um, I don't know what the hell happened in that one. No, I don't. Um... I kind of scratched my head about that one as well. Um, the one thing, the one thing about Edgewood, Edgewood's top line is very good, and their goaltending is good. Uh, I did see them against uh, Notre Dame Academy, and that ended up in a sister kisser game. So, 
the tougher teams, they, uh, they're right there with them. Um, in their conference, like I said, they don't play in a tough conference at all. So they, you know, pretty much roll through their conference, but their non-conference schedule is very difficult. So, uh, the Rothering guys get their teams ready for this time of year. And, uh, Sun Prairie should be a good matchup for them. And if they get past that one, Verona will be a very good matchup for them. Um, they did play Verona earlier this year and, uh, beat Verona. I believe it was like the first, first game or two of the season. Yeah, it was the first game of the season. And it's, it's hard to put a lot of stock into those. No, you, you can't. The thing is, I, I don't think that it's, the game against Sun Prairie is going to be super easy. I saw Sun Prairie play Middleton on last Thursday, and they jumped all over Middleton quick. It was five to nothing with six oh five or four to nothing with six oh five left to go in the first period, and uh, Middleton ended up using their timeout. The first period ended five to one. Uh, second period, I think it was five. The final. It was five to three, and final score of the game was six to three. But I'm going back here, and I'm looking. Edgewood slid by Middleton four to three on January third, and that was on Edgewood's home ice. But the way that Middleton got back into the game against Sun Prairie last Thursday was all three goals were power play goals. Otherwise, you know, that game, you know, isn't close. They played that well and that quick out out there on their ice during that game. So this game, I haven't seen Edgewood play this year, but I would actually say I would expect it to be a one-goal difference, and I, I could honestly see either team winning this one. And then the other half of the bracket, I saw Verona play Spash this year, and uh, that that was a close game. I see Verona coming out on top of this, but I think the sectional champion could honestly be one of three teams. Sun Prairie represented this section last year, and I wouldn't be shocked if I saw him come out again. Uh, granted, I do expect it to be Verona, but... Sun Prairie or Edgewood, as I said, I had never seen Edgewood play this season, but I, I was impressed with Sun Prairie when I watched them last Thursday. Seeing these four teams like I have this year, I, I honestly believe any of these four teams could get out. Verona is the heavy favorite, but, I mean, one, two, three, four, any of those four teams could be punching a ticket to state. I mean, I see Verona as the heavy favorite, but yet, I see these other teams very capable of uh, getting there, but it's going to be uh, under, you know, whether what happens with Verona. And uh, everybody's going to get a shot at it. And uh, we'll see on Tuesday and then see how it comes out on uh, Saturday at Madison Ice Arena at 4 o'clock. Uh, okay, let's uh, move on to uh, Section 3 on the girls' side. And for some reason, I can't get my thing to come up here, my bracket to come up. Del, uh, you got your bracket up there? Yes, I do. We got Rock County Fury uh, going to be hosting the Metro Lynx at the Janesville Ice Arena at 7 p.m. tomorrow evening. 
And we got the Cap City Cougars traveling up to Black River Falls to play the Tigers at the London Memorial Ice Arena. Uh, Rock County Fury lost one conference game this year, and it was their final conference game of the season to the Cap City Cougars. They did post two wins over the Lynx, and those games were uh, 5 nothing and 6 nothing. The Lynx were able to even get on the board against them. The Fury have been, you know, a very strong team all season, and they've been staying up in our top ten all year long. Uh, team that was coming on late in the season, moving into the b- bottom half of the top ten, was the Black River Falls, and that part of that is due to uh, the victory that they posted against Cap City on Cap City's home ice, a two to one win on January twenty fifth, and it's going to be an interesting game going up to Black River Falls, where they do have Chloe Spores um, leading the Tigers. Uh, and Josie Matheson in net with a 938-6 save percentage and was fifth in the state in her goals against at 1.82. This is going to be an interesting section. Last year, I believe it took Cap City double overtime to beat the Fury in the sectional final to advance yeah. the state. And this year, uh, they split on the season. Uh, two to one is what Rock County won their game against Cap City, and Cap City won their game uh, five to three, I believe, was the final score of the game. The Black River Falls and the Fury did not play against each other this season, and so it, I look for the Fury to move to the sectional finals. And the next, the other game is a coin toss. It all depends on how the teams play. Uh, Coach Moser has. Got this team really peaking at just the right time. They've improved all season long and got the Tigers going up. But uh, the one thing that Cap City has going for them is they've got players out there that have been battle-tested and have played late into the season and, you know, advanced to state last year. Taylor Thornton in net. And one of the things, she struggled at the very beginning of the season starting out. Uh, just before the season started, she was diagnosed with diabetes and was getting used to her medication and everything as she, you know, adjust, being adjusted and getting used to playing on that. And she's ha- had a very good season. Uh, Montana Cruz is there and defenseman Margo Thousand and Colleen Milligan definitely had the luck of the Irish going for her last Thursday as she did get her hat trick and to complete her hat trick was a Five on three shorthanded goal in which she got her hat trick on as they went on to beat Viroqua six to nothing last Thursday. But this is going to be an interesting sectional to see who comes out. And, you know, there were times that we said, you know, coming out of this sectional, we didn't know who was going to be a strong team and be able to challenge once they get down to Madison. And I think that the teams that are in here can cause problems for people down at Madison. Tell the only team of these that I've had the chance to see is Rock County. And late in the season, I did see them earlier in the year. They they didn't look – they were winning, but they weren't, you know, winning impressively. The last couple times I've seen them play – 
they've won impressively. And I'll tell you what, Maggie Hensler is one of the finalists or player of the year. She's phenomenal. Uh, this is a girl who is an athlete. She is a flat-out athlete. She's going to UW-Milwaukee to play soccer. But this girl is quick. She knows how to score. And she's a, she's hard to defend. But she also has a pretty good cast around her as well. And uh, one of the players that I think is going to really be key is a uh, defender, Danny Heitzman. Now, Danny has been phenomenal all year, and she'll probably she'll probably be one of the finalists for a defender in the Wisconsin Pep Hockey Awards. Probably, I don't know the numbers yet or anything, but uh, Danny Heitzman defensively has been very good, and McKaylee Busher. I mean, there was some question of who was going to be the next Rock County Fury goalie. And McKaylee Busher has uh, taken that and ran with it. And she's done a really nice job. Uh, we had a couple opportunities uh, in a couple of the games that I did get to see where there was some chances for their team to score, and she shut it down. I mean, she can uh, she can carry it, carry a team if there's problems. One of the problems with the Fury, though, when they did lose to the Cap City Cougars, they couldn't stay out of the box. And the goal, the not pointing fingers at any part of the game or at anybody who calls, uh, officiates games or anything, you know, it is what it is. But they, uh, got in some penalty trouble in that game and, uh, it cost them, uh, an undefeated season in the Badger Conference. So the Rock County Fury is a, is a team that I've watched and I've impressed with. They've played well this time of year. But when I look at the Metro Lynx, also they're going to be getting uh, Sydney McCursey. She's going to get another crack at him. And Sydney McCursey's a very good goaltender. Um, maybe getting a little bit more into uh, a routine as uh, the season has went on. She missed some games. And uh, now a 3-1 win over over on Alaska. We'll see uh, if that carries over, if she can make time. Life tough for the Rock County Fury. We'll see on Tuesday night. MJ, you kind of stole my thunder there. I was going to say I will give you two names, and these names are people that will be key to the success of their teams. And the number one girl I was going to mention was Sydney McCursey. Uh, she gave up one goal against Onalaska in their three to, in the, the Metrolinx's three to one win uh, last Friday played very well. She stopped some some pretty good chances to to give uh, the Metrolinx the win. I think she you know not to put any pressure on her. She's a very good goalie, but she if the Metrolinx wins, she will be the reason why. And on the other half of the bracket, I've not seen either team play. Uh, I know Black River Falls has been doing a bang-up job here lately. They came from, you know, honorable mention or a little bit outside honorable mention to making the, the top ten. So uh, Coach Oak Moser has done a, a real good job with them. And the name on that team, also a goalie, Josie Matheson. I think she's she's key in that game. Um, both of those girls play superb I think their team wins. So it, not to put any pressure on you ladies, but um, sectional time, sectional semifinals, step up, 
get your team to the finals and go from there. Delmar, want to finish up with any thoughts on this one? As I stated, I think there's, you know, some very good players in here, and I've been impressed. I've gotten the only team out of the four that I haven't gotten to see this year was the Lynx. Um, and that's because I, I, I honestly feel bad because I have not been to as many games this year as I'd hoped to get to. But, uh, Cap City are fast. Uh, Black River Falls, I got to watch them play against, uh, Diffusion, uh, where they ended up taking a, a hard loss in that one. Cap City, I've got to watch them play against Rock County, uh, when they beat Rock County this year, and I've watched them two games against Viroqua. And, as I said, I've seen the Fury play also this year, uh, twice. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting. And, I think, Whatever team makes it to the finals, I think we're going to have a nice, tight game. And we're, we're going to have a, a worthy representative out of Section 3 coming to, to Madison. Let's move on back into the boys. Section 7 is up now. Section 7, that is the uh, final, the sectional final for that one, is going to be at Ebel. Ebel Ice there in Brookfield. And my computer stopped on me again. Oh. Waukesha and Janesville are the top half. Uh, KMMO and Marquette are the bottom half. Um, do you guys remember what I said about Section 2 and Eau Claire Memorial? Should we yes. apply it to Waukesha? I, I do. You don't have to. Uh, but I've in Section 7, I am, applying, I am applying that to Waukesha. Waukesha was actually my preseason pick to win it all. Um, but I want to talk about number two KMMO here for a bit. I think I've pulled up all the games they've played this year against fourth seeds and higher. Um, early in the season, or Marquette, I mean. Uh, early in the season, they played KMMO. They won 3-2. to two. They gave up 31 shots. Uh, they played Madison West. They won 3-2. to two. They gave up 33 shots. They played DC Everest. They won 3-2. to two. They gave up 39 shots. Uh, they played uh, Waukesha, tied 1-1, to gave up 43 shots. Uh, played Wupon, 1-2-1, gave up 37 shots. Are you seeing a pattern here? Uh, they lost 5-4 to the Fox City Stars. That one, they only gave up 29 shots. Uh, they stomped Janesville, 8 to nothing. They only gave up 10 shots in that one. I don't know where your Bluebirds were that day, MJ. Uh, uh, that was the week of the flu. And then... Uh, they had a game against University School where they lost 4-2, to two, and they gave up 34 shots. Uh, I don't know if you're seeing a pattern here, but Marquette, to me, is a two-seed based entirely on the strength of Zach Schmidt in net. Um, he has been awesome for them this year. He has stolen games for them this year. But... Just like with Anago and Fox Cities, if they're going to make it to the tournament, it's going to be on the shoulders of Zach Schmidt. Because as far as I can tell, um, when they've played teams in the top halves of the brackets, they haven't done all that well in terms of puck control, shots on goal, general defense. Um, and Zach Schmidt has been what's pulled them through. Uh, so I, if they're going to win, it's going to have to be on his shoulders. And he's shown he can do it. I mean... 1-1 tie with Waukesha earlier in the year with 43 saves, a whole bunch of wins against other top four teams in their sectionals with 30-plus saves. But 
that's hard to do for a whole season. Junior, I agree with you about the uh, Section 2 part of it. This is Waukesha sectional to lose. I mean, they they should come out of this. They should come out of it with with not much problem. But now that you've given me the whole thing about Zach Schmidt, and you're you're spot on about it. Great job of doing the research on that one. And I look at Waukesha, and I mean, you get a game like that. Let's say Waukesha and Marquette meet in the sectional final. Well, first thing you're doing is you're taking Waukesha off that big sheet of ice that they have at Nagawaki, and you're putting them on a smaller sheet at Ebel Park. And second, you're asking uh, Zach Schmidt to go against Garrett Larson, and Garrett Larson can be just as stubborn as Zach Schmidt, if not even more stubborn. So if those two teams get by, don't look for a big high-scoring final. And uh, it's one of those things where that one-to-one game, that may not be an aberration. I mean, this it could be something very low-scoring no, in the I sectional think, final if those I two think, teams show up. I think Garrett Larson is probably why Zach Schmidt wasn't able to steal that one and turn it into a win like he did with some of those other games. Uh, Garrett yeah. Larson held uh, Marquette to just the one goal on the 20-whatever shots they took uh, in that game. And Garrett Larson is a, a fantastic goalie, uh, but to me, this is this is Waukesha's section. Michael Delmar. Um, yeah, I've seen Waukesha play probably two or three times this year, and uh, yeah, two words: Garrett Larson. Um, they have some good players on the team: uh, Chad Larson, Kevin Broda, um, the Dietrich brothers, uh, Griff Nickerson, who was probably the best player that you don't know of. Uh, I call him Big Red. He's number seven. He's about, seems like he's about 6'5", 220. I know he's not that big, but every time I see him play, he always does a, a solid job, and I think he's going to be key for them. Um, they, you know, they just have a good team. Um, I, I think it's going to be hard for them not to make it. And like uh, Junior said, if uh, Marquette can get some good mileage out of Zach Schmidt, they can pull an upset or two here. So uh, once again, it's the, the goalies that can win the games here when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Delmar? I really don't have anything to add to this one. I you know, haven't seen these teams play, uh, so I'm, I'm going to just pass on this one. You know, Michael, you mentioned, I want to go back to Waukesha a second. Waukesha, you mentioned uh, the Nickerson kid. When I watched them play against uh, Homestead, our game of the week, I believe it was the last uh, regular season week, uh, he was a force in that game. And I came away very, very impressed with Kevin Broda on defense. He logged a ton of minutes, but he was was very good. And... uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the mentioning for our uh, defenseman of the year because he's he's very much worthy of it. And uh, Waukesha just has a lot of scoring, but they also have very good defense. KMMO has put together a good, solid season, but they're really streaky. Uh, they won five in a row and then lost three and then won six and then went back on a losing streak. So you just kind of wonder uh, which KMMO is going to hit the ice tomorrow night. 
because yeah, they've been really streaky this year. Seven o'clock on Tuesday night at Apple Park. That's uh, that's where all the action's going to be in that one. KMMO and Marquette and Nagawaki at seven o'clock on Tuesday night. It's going to be Janesville and Waukesha going to be getting it on. And uh, Section Eight. Let's move on to that one. This is the one I'm sure Jeff Sauer wants to talk about. Is uh, Section Eight? I'm not sure he does. <laughs> uh, after what happened last Friday. Okay, uh, enlighten me a little bit on that one. Well, number six Fond du Lac knocked off number three Arrowhead four to one. Uh, okay, Fond du Lac, you know Jeff Sauer, Arrowhead. Um, so I or not Jeff Sauer, Jeff Roshan. I got our Jeffs confused. We have too many Jeffs. Yeah. Got too many Jeffs. Yeah. Uh, that was the biggest shock of the playoffs so far, wasn't it? A six over a three? Seven Pretty much. Five. Yeah. Seems to seems to be that there was a little bit of uh uh hard feelings with the, the seedings in this sectional. Um so I mean, yeah, if Wapan maybe thought they should be possibly three, uh, you know, they'd be down there on the bottom half, um versus playing against U School, which I think, I don't know for sure, but I think they sense that that would be a little bit tougher game than against Fondy Springs on the bottom half. But I'll tell you what, that Fondy Springs team trying to beat them is no cakewalk either. Um, Realistically, you know, the way Wapan has been playing this year, they have knocked off some good teams. And uh, I, you know, it would not be a shock if they beat number one U school. I mean, it could happen. And, it, and I don't know if it's, yeah. I've mentioned it on, on Twitter in response to the university school Twitter feed the, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, but it's worth mentioning that uh, U school is not a contested number two in our top ten rankings. They're a unanimous number two. Hudson is a unanimous number one, and U school is a unanimous number two, and I don't think we've ever had that before. Um, we've had unanimous number ones before, but both top spots um, being straight across the board, across all the voters, is pretty impressive. Uh, so if, if Wapan is going to get over university school, they're going to have to earn it. Yeah, I, I'm still shocked at Arrowhead and, and Fond du Lac, because <laughs> Fond du Lac was 10-12-1 on the year. Um, you know, they were a sub-500 team. Arrowhead, they weren't as strong as in the past, but they were 14-8. and eight. It was, that, was a, that was a surprising game. You know, you talk about university school being a solid number two in the polls. You know, when they weren't a solid number two in the polls, you know, when, you know, there was the last couple of years, we've had them bouncing in and out, uh, way at the back end of the top ten polls. I mean, because we had other teams that were in there that weren't solid. I mean, we had four or five teams just continually beating up on each other. And this year, university school's been Pretty doggone solid all year long, and uh, you, know, you don't have that this year. And uh, they've been—I agree, Junior—they've been a very solid number two, and even the voters agree that they've been a very solid number two. And especially since the calendar flipped over to 2018, U School has won 13 out of 14, including their last 11. So, if you want to say anybody's on a roll. 
peaking at the right time, coming into the playoffs, it's definitely useful. But that said, Wapan, I mean, reading the game reports and seeing their scores, it just seems like they're never out of it. They always do something to win, whether they get a very great performance from some of their forwards or if uh, Caleb Sauer has been playing very well this year too. And I mean, he's another one of those kids that can steal a game. So yeah, it looks like U school's rolling, but um, Wapan has stopped these teams before. So that should be an awesome matchup at Eline Ice Arena tomorrow night. U school may be the home team, but they just can't plan it, plan on just showing up because Wapan's got enough to beat them. They do. And on the bottom, uh, Fondy Springs, they are kind of baffling uh, to me. Uh, they have a loss to U-School, no harm in that. They have a loss to Northland Pines, no harm in that. But they tied Anago, lost to Waukesha, no harm in that. They tied Fox Cities. Um, those games against Fox Cities, who's a four seed, and Anago, who's a three seed, and had they played a really strong schedule, but they had a rough season. Uh, those games, those kind of games give you pause when playoffs come around. But otherwise, the rest of their losses are uh, Wapan, who's ranked, Northland Pines, who's ranked, U-School, who's ranked, Waukesha, who's ranked. Um, so they've played a good, tested schedule. They've played in Nina Hortonville, Menasha twice and beat them twice. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens when they when those two games uh, get going, but... Yeah, the university schools can have their work cut out for them. Even though we, we've said they're, you know, the unanimous number two selection, uh, their path I think is harder than, you know, Oakland Memorials in section two and Waukesha's in section seven. University school, if they're going to get out of the sectional, they're going to have to earn it. No doubt about that. Because if they beat Wapan, and let's say Fond du Lac Springs ends up beating Fond du Lac. I mean, those are two games, two teams that have been very good all year long. And uh I just think it would be something if they were able to beat those two because both those two teams should give them a pretty good challenge. But yeah. the Fond du Lac Cardinals, I mean, you know, when you look at that one, guys, I mean, there's rivals right there. Yep. I mean, same town. they got the built-in rivalry. And I think one through three, I think Section 7, or Section 8 is probably the the second hardest in the state, I guess you want to say, uh, with the hardest being Section 4, West Pines and Spash. Um, so 1 through 3, this is probably, you know, the second deepest. And then, yeah, you've got the built-in rivalry between Fondy and Fondy Springs. So when those rivalry games happen, anything can happen. Uh, section 3, Junior, not Section 4. Whatever. There's yeah. so many numbers. I know, I know, but yeah, I agree, I agree. I think that's, those are two sectionals, which, uh, the one, two, and three seeds, man, you gotta work your butt off to get through that, so, um, you know, that section eight's gonna be a tough one. I don't think you can just pick a winner, cause, uh, somebody could surprise you. That's, um, and on the bottom half too, Springs has got Colin Ahern in that, and he's been the kid that can steal a show and steal games for, a team. So um, another another very good goalie um, that might be counted on to win a game for a team that they might not normally win. And I don't I don't feel bad uh, talking crap about the Anaga Red Robins because that's my hometown and that's the town I cheer for. 
so I'm allowed. Plus, I'm pretty sure Coach Borneman doesn't listen to us babble anyway. Uh, he might be. Probably listens to enough of your dad. I benched Coach Borneman once, so I'm not afraid of him. You benched him? Yeah, he was talking back uh, when he was a peewee. So I, I sat, oh? him, sat him for a period. Okay, I think I've met him once. How much? Oh, never mind. I was just going to say, what's the difference in age? I mean. Uh, when I was assistant coach for the Peewees, I believe I was the senior in high school. So he was 12, I was 17. Okay. All right. Okay, guys, that's a look at the boys. Let's do the last girls one. Section four, Bay Area Ice Bears taking on the Warbirds. And Brookfield Glacier taking on University School. And, uh, Let's go ahead and start with Del. Delmar, what do you think of these two? Well, USM, Brookfield, I believe they've played three times this year. And Brookfield won the first one. And USM won the last two, the last one being by a final score of seven to nothing, I believe, or seven to one, right in there. And the other game is, uh, the Bay Area Ice Bears against the Warbirds. And this one, I don't know where to go with this one. For one of the few times in the past few years, we actually see the Ice Bears with a under 500 record. And the Warbirds have been kind of up and down this season. You see them with some nice wins, but then some games that you thought they should pull out that they haven't. And I, I just don't know where they're at. On this one, I think this will be a close game, but I'm actually looking for the Warbirds to pull out a victory over the Ice Bears and to meet USM in, in the, uh, sectional championship game. Uh, interesting thing with the, uh, USM Brookfield game is USM's head coach from last year is Brookfield's head coach this year. And, uh, Wildcats are now coached by Dan Carey, I believe it is. But, you know, you look at it and USM should come through this and win it, but I would not be surprised to see the Warbirds uh, come out of the sectional. What's, yeah, what's interesting about this sectional to me, and this will probably piss off all the parents, but, um, you know, one, two, and three are a different order, but they're the same teams as last year. Uh, last year, one was, uh, uh, the Beaverdam Warbird Co-op, two was Bay Area Ice Bears, I guess three was Appleton United, and four was USM. Uh, so three, those three teams are still in the final again this year. I think all three of those teams are actually worse than they were last year. Um, whereas in the other sectionals, we started seeing teams step forward. Black River Falls has taken a step forward. Rock County has taken a step forward. Uh, the Wisconsin Valley Union has taken a step forward. Obviously in section one, you have you know, the top three teams in the state, depending on which set of voters you're looking at in the top ten. Um, whereas in Section 4, I think all of these teams took a step back from last year, um, which actually I think makes the whole sectional final more interesting because I wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams came through and win and won it uh, at this point. It's I think it's just kind of a crapshoot. I think on uh, the bottom half, Bay Area and uh, the Warbirds, Beaver Dam, I think key in this game could possibly be um, 
Mia Dunning, and I'm just checking, but it looks like she hasn't played since February 3rd, so she might be missing in action again, and I know that is a huge loss for them, and I think that gives the slight edge to the the Warbirds team. And on the, the top half, um, U-School over the Glacier, uh, Haley Malcolmson for the Glacier can score four or five goals all by herself, but I think uh, U-School probably knows that, and they're probably not going to let her get free for too many goals. Of course, that doesn't always work either. So, um, But I, I think then I would like uh, U-School on the top half and uh, the Warbirds on the bottom half. That That will probably be the sectional final, at least from what I can see. Yeah, and the last time the Warbirds and uh, USM played, the Warbirds beat them six to one um, with uh, actually shots were just about even in that game, uh, so six to one. But they certainly made uh, more uh, advantage of their opportunities. And that was in their conference tournament, you know. So that it was a game that you know both teams should would have been up for and. It ought to be interesting. Okay, guys. We've uh, waded through all 12 sectionals. Um, any any last thoughts? Yeah, any last comments? Let's, let's do the four uh, boys Division Two sectionals for next year. Uh, let's just figure out what they are. Um, <laughs> and we'll just add those to the show and see what happens. Okay. Hey, first, hey, first of all, first of all, you'd have to figure out who's going to be in Division Two. That's like an impossible task at this point in time because we don't even know what the WIAA is going to propose. So, I think we had that conversation with one of our listeners, and I said, I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen till I see who's actually going to be in Division Two. I mean, we could speculate all that we want, but it's not really going to be of any use this year. Yeah, just roll a standard six-sided dice. If it's an odd number, they're in sec- they're in Division One, and if it's an even number, they're in Division Two. Okay. It's the WIAA. It's no. It'll make <laughs> just as much sense. Hey, go easy on them. Just just once. Okay, guys. Uh... We'll uh, look at all this Tuesday uh, night. These teams play, then Friday and Saturday, we'll be out covering uh, action all over. Uh, myself, Trasher, Dal Scanlon, I'm sure we'll get some help along the way. Well, As, tra- uh, Trasher's doing most of the, all the traveling on Friday night because you, you had a prior commitment and I had a prior commitment, which I was I was informed of today. You have a prior last. commitment for Friday night. Yeah, I can. My wife, I, I can take it. Yes. Where were you going to go on Friday night? I, I, I was going to. I was actually going to go to U.S. Uh, to the Elbow Ice Arena in Milwaukee, but I have a prior commitment that I can't get out of. I can take that one. I just got. I just got a message on that one today again. I can take that one. Oh, that that would be great. Okay, there you have it. 
like I said, we're all over the place. I'm going to be living at Cornerstone on Friday, covering two games. Be up in the booth on uh, Rink 1, which to me is much better than Rink 3 because I have to stand on top of a toolbox and uh, almost got my head ripped off a couple times with sticks and pucks. And then on Saturday... I will be spending my day at Greenhack, which is an awesome place for us to work. One of my favorite rinks to take pictures from. Uh, so looking forward to it. It's going to be a busy, crazy weekend. Um, and But, you know, it's the time of the year that we live for. It seems like it was just yesterday that the season started, and now all of a sudden we're not that off afar about 10 or 11 days from state tournament. So uh, buckle up, go to the games, check it out, and uh, have fun. And uh, hopefully your team wins. Long player. And Burglar will be back in the state for that. So. And depending on the weather, tomorrow tomorrow night I plan on making it up to Black River Falls to see the Cap City Black River Falls game. And Saturday, it sounds like I'm going to be traveling to Onalaska and covering the boys' sectional four final. Okay. And I'll be living at uh, MIA on Saturday. So that'll, you know, we'll be all over. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll cover the best we can. Um, once again, Wisconsin Prep Hockey, as many of you know, um, we do accept donations during the state tournament due to the fact that uh, you know, a lot of this comes out of our pocket during the year, and the cover state is definitely not cheap. So if anybody could help out in any way whatsoever, we got a donation box on the front page of the website, or you can even stop by and see us at the state tournament. And uh, if you want to drop something off there, um, that would be great. And as Trasher says, as long as, you know, it's good as long as we can even get a soda pop at the end of the day. That's that's fine. But you know, any donations, any anything like that, we sure could use, and we would definitely appreciate it because we love doing this. But you know, times are a little bit tight when you know when it comes out of our own pocket. So um, if you can help out, there's a couple of ways you can. So uh, go on the website, donation box, or see us at state tournament. And uh, Trash will let you know where we're going to be at, and uh, we'd, we'd appreciate it. And even if you don't come, even if you don't come and donate anything, come on by and say hi. We always appreciate having a visitor too. Not right, Michael? Yep, we'll be in Suite 506 at the Clamshell. Stop in and say hi. Introduce yourself if we don't know you, and you know uh, it's always a good time. And uh, I was going to say something else. Um, I will post somewhere on the site later on in the next couple of days. Um, might be looking for some help covering games, taking pictures. I think we are either going to have seven or eight of them covered, but that leaves four or five that we can't get to. So um, I'll put something out there, and if uh, you all could take a look at that, and see if it's possible that you're going to be there, maybe take a few pictures and write up a quick recap. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, just uh, you know, a two- or three-paragraph game summary. 
if that's all you want to do or if you feel like writing a little bit more, that's welcome too. Uh, that helps us out. That helps you out. You know, we can't cover the whole state. Um, and uh, so we we look for a little bit of help occasionally. And uh, I'll put that out there. And if anybody can do that, that would be great. Okay. Dell, anything you want to add? Uh, the only thing that I'm thinking of is uh, I've actually got a, as we're at the state tournament, some ideas for a uh, few interviews and everything. I do want to throw uh, thank you out to a lot of uh, fans, coaches that we've met in the arenas um, over the past week and a half, uh, telling us condolences for the loss in the family of uh, Junior, and we really appreciate those, and I know Junior appreciates everybody's thoughts and prayers at this point in time. Um, and from the rest of the Wisconsin Prep Hockey Junior, uh, know that we're always here for you. Oh, thank you. I uh, haven't been quite myself the last couple weeks, uh, going back to the 6th, but uh, apparently people tell me it'll get better eventually. So tonight was sort of my distraction from uh, horrible unending misery. So uh, I was glad to be here tonight. Uh, Burglar wished he could be here, but he got kind of a stomach bug while he's down here in Wichita uh, with me. But he'll be back up there for state. And I do I want to thank everybody. Um, I've gotten a lot of nice notes and uh, support from people. So uh, thank you. Okay. All right, Junior. Well, uh, buckle up your chin strap and everything. And, uh, you know, we're always, uh, we're, I guess we always consider ourselves kind of family here because we kind of do all the same thing and we squabble, but yet we all seem to get things done here at Wisconsin Prep Hockey and we love covering it. And your work behind the scenes helps out a lot. And we, uh, you know, we do appreciate it, but we also do understand this is a very difficult time for you and, uh, do what you have in front of you and you know god bless michael um i guess that'll do it i think you guys covered it quite eloquently yes you are correct um we are all family here and uh we we take this as a huge loss and uh we thank everybody for their kind words and support and um we'll we'll move on um it's tough for sure. I can't even imagine, but um, Junior has all our love and support, and we'll help him in any way we can, and um, we'll keep doing what we do. So thank you very much. All right. For that, I, maybe our bumper music tonight should be We Are Family by Sister Sludge. We'll find out. Anyways, for you listener, thank you for listening and putting up with us tonight. You've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. <laughs>